This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 178. Today on our show, Secret Cincinnati with author Catherine Witt. But what I was surprised to find out when I was talking to the director is that a, um, a famous Cincinnati medium, uh, Laura Cooper Pruden, used to hold seances at Baker Hunt. Catherine has written several books, both fiction and nonfiction, and her latest, as the title states, Secret Cincinnati, is about secret things you'll find in Cincinnati. Pretty simple, eh? She talks to us today about seances, magic eight balls, unique museums and libraries, and we even take a little trip down to Atlanta to discuss uh, some things there, as well as uh, one of her fiction books. If you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com. Chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off to the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Catherine Witt about Secret Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. She came down Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. Cincyshirts.com in Cincinnati. So, are you you from Cincinnati? Um, well, I'm from Northern Kentucky. Aha. Okay. Cincinnati's much area, so yes. Okay. Uh, I guess we can still technically ask then uh, what high school. Gosh, do you seriously want to know that? <laughs> yeah, that's the big Cincinnati oh, question. Okay. Well, I went to Holy Cross. There you go. Yeah, that's I didn't. Now I was I learned this because I'm not from the area. I'm from Cleveland. And uh, it was pointed out to me by a comedian named Gary Owen years ago. I was interviewing him for City Beat, and he said Cincinnati is the only place in the country where people, when you ask people where you went to school, they they will tell you your high school, not their college. And oh. I, and that really is a thing. So that's really? yeah, yeah. That's does that's a tradition. Maybe it's a Cincinnati Cincinnati thing. Maybe it doesn't translate over into Indiana or across the river into Kentucky. But yeah, that's um. I know, I, I, because I'm, I'm surprised. I thought, wow, really, that? I, I guess I would have gone with college, maybe. Because, I yeah. mean, I did go to uh, Miami of Ohio. Okay. And also to Xavier, which, you know, yeah. since Yeah, and, and this town, very proud of their colleges. And we have uh, lots of great colleges. Lots of great colleges in this town, yeah. I would say more mm-hmm. so than the other places I've lived. Well, Pittsburgh has a couple of good ones, yeah. actually. And Cleveland has a few, so yeah. Of course, I have to say my undergrad degree is from Northern Kentucky University. There you go. My, my daughter, a proud graduate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Me too. And, uh, and, and people, uh, don't really, it's nice to see them. I was telling her this, uh, you know, how they've gotten, she doesn't care about sports at all, but of course they're in the horizon league now. And so they occasionally get eligible for the big basketball tournament. I'm like, yeah, I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but people across the country seeing that, I think in the back of their minds, it just makes people take Northern Kentucky university more seriously. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's funny how those kind of things work. <laughs> Um, but yeah, go, go NKU. Oh, and my wife's best friend also went to NKU, as did uh, one of our owners. I had a great, I had a great experience there. Yeah, it's a, it's a great school. Yeah, highly, highly recommended. So did you study? Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to say that one of the secrets in the book is located on the campus of NKU. Oh, Actually, oh great. 
Oh, cool. We'll get to that. I was going to try and, and guess what those were. Um, uh, we'll get to those in a second. Did you uh, study uh, English or journalism, or what was your d- degree path there? So, uh, degree in English and minors in creative writing and journalism. Oh, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was it the point always to be an author, or were you going to go like into the business world and work for somebody doing that, or, or did you have a career path out of school? You know, it's really funny because when I first went, everyone said, don't be an English major. You you won't get a job. And so people talked me out of it. And so I started down journalism. Okay. But I really just said, I always wanted to be a writer. I, from a very early age, I just really wanted to do that. I didn't know how to do it, but I was hoping someone would sort of direct me. And uh, so I started as journalism, and I really did not like, I knew I did not want to be at a newspaper on a beat or whatever. So I became the English major, and, but, I, but I had classes accumulated at that point. It made sense to keep a minor in journalism and uh, creative writing as well. So. And so when did you write your first book? Uh, so the first, well, okay, so let me just say I've written many books. Yes. Most of them not published. Oh, okay. Just, you know, in my house. Um, so the first published book uh, would have been, actually, I brought it because I was going to show you. Okay. Uh, this, this is my first, I don't know, can you see Yeah, that? yeah, and I, I, could, I saw that on the website too. Yeah, um, Doll Artists. Okay, book, yeah. So this was published in 2005. And I had been writing about dolls, doll artists, and actually the original doll artists, which are a big difference than, you know, like people, manu- companies that would manufacture different types of dolls. These are artists who are creating one-of-a-kind pieces of art that happen to take the shape of dolls. So I met a bunch of them, a bunch of these artists through writing for different magazines on dolls. And so it just sort of evolved from there. It was really great fun getting to know him. And actually, another book uh, came out that I did at the same time on doll collections and museums around the country. I wanted to bring that one, too, but I, I can't find a copy of it. So, huh. And there's one floating around here somewhere. But and, and the thing with that is almost as soon as it was published in 05, it was out of date. And the reason is because these museums were opening, closing. Ah. You know, people would sell collections. They'd wind up here, there, and so. But but still, it was a great guide and uh, lots of really cool museums around the country. And I got to visit a lot of them because I'm a travel writer. So as I was traveling, I would you know make make a stop into any of the doll museums that were or collections that were wherever I was traveling to. So are you interested in dolls as well? Was that a hobby, or did you just come across and say, "Wow, this would be a good <laughs> subject for a book"? Well, I, it sort of grew from finding whatever outlets would pay me to write for them. I did have an interest in dolls. I always had baby dolls growing up. I asked for a baby, a specific baby doll every year at Christmas time. So I, I did like dolls. Um, my, my, my daughter had doll collections. But really, I had uh, had a story about, I, I'm trying to think of the first one I did some collection, I think somewhere in Kentucky, and uh, that involved a doll doctor, which is an actual oh, yeah. uh, cat that means pretty serious. In Covington? Um, there was one in Covington, but this was a different one because I think at the time I was I first started, 
I think she was closing or on her way out. Okay. She repaired one yeah. of my daughter's stuffed animals, uh, the, her very first oh one that, gosh, that, that my father-in-law gave her. Yeah, yeah. It, the, it was falling apart. And so yeah. um, I took her there, and oh, they, were, they, they were just enamored of this little bear that my father-in-law had given mm-hmm. my, my daughter. And, uh, they've, and to this day, Bobo is sitting up in Cleveland right now <laughs> in my daughter's apartment. That's so funny. Well, you may know uh, Beth Ryan from Cincinnati, Delhi, actually. And she worked as a doll doctor for a long time. In fact, she was a subject of another story I did, but the editor with the first story just said she said yes, and and from and and it went from one doll magazine I wrote for to about a half a dozen, hmm. and so it just can't you know it sort of grew from there. But um, Beth, in fact, joined me for a program at uh, Beringer Crawford Museum in uh, Park Hills at Dubuque Park. Do you know it? No, I don't. I know Devoo Park. I don't don't know the yeah. Barrington Crawford Museum. I've okay. heard of it. Well, they they call themselves uh, Northern Kentucky's best kept secret, and they're in the book too. All right. <laughs> but, but she joined me for a doll program there when my doll book first came out, and this is I I love this. This was so funny. The line to see Beth was about twenty five times longer than the people who were there to see me. <laughs> Because then they all had a doll that needed some sort of repair. Ah. It was, I mean, it was great. Put the spotlight on her and she, she just went with it. That's she so was funny. very busy during that program. So uh, let's get into the, uh, the secret, uh, uh, secret Cincinnati book. What inspired you to, I guess, uh, spill the secrets of, <laughs> of Cincinnati, <laughs> the wonderful, weird, and obscure, as the, as the title is, as it's subtitled. Yeah. Well, this is a book series with Reedy Press. So in most major cities around the country, they have Secret Dallas, Secret Washington, you know. Um, and they approached me and asked me if I would be willing or interested to write it. And it sounded like a lot of fun. So um, I, I said yes. And then I had an opportunity to meet the publisher pretty early on in the process and he's a great guy, uh, Josh Stevens. Um, we sat down and talked and just sort of shared some ideas. He told me what other uh, writers were doing in their towns with the book. And so from there, it it quickly went from a conversation to finding out, like, what would be in the book, how many secrets. I amassed at one point 130 different venues and then found out I could only have 89. So then the whittling process <laughs> began. But it was really fun because I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, having grown up here, there were places I had never heard of, had never been to. And um, I mean, I just, one of my favorite uh, weird places became uh, Hail Dark Aesthetics in uh, Mainstras in Covington. It is the craziest shop. I mean, so you walk in and there's a uh, stuffed goat reading a book. You might see eyeballs and other body parts floating in jars. And there's just all kinds of crazy stuff in there. Um, they were, um, it was a great fun find. Um, everybody's always surprised to hear about them. And they wound up doing a lot of uh, presentations with me for Secret Cincinnati. And they carry the book in the store. So just great people, but I mean, it is weird. So, 
Well, and it sounds like you would then have enough for a, a volume two if this if all goes well with this one, right? Yes. Okay. And so that, that is the plan. So I guess when it would either be a second edition that's updated by X number percentage or volume two. I think most of them go into a second edition and new materials brought in. So definitely, yeah, I've got stuff for that. Okay. So how did you begin to even assemble this list? Like, how did you find out what was a secret? If it's a secret, how did you how did you find out what it was? I mean, now we have the internet now and everything, but yeah. Well, I mean, I so I talked to uh, just I talked to different people, saying, "Hey, what 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 are some things that you know about that maybe others wouldn't know about?" Um, there were certain things that I actually wanted to include, um, like the Beringer Crawford. It's a it's a favorite museum of mine, and I feel like everyone should know about it. So. They, and, and there were other things, um, just like the Dinsmore Homestead is out here where I live, and it's a great uh, place to go. It's great for families, individuals. It's beautiful land. It's got a great story. And so some of it were things that just having grown up here, having traveled a bit, I knew that I would want in the book. And a lot of it, and, and once the word got out, like, oh, she's looking for you know places maybe nobody knows about, I was getting emails from all over the place. So I talked also to um, the uh, Cincinnati's uh, CBB, the Convention Visitors Bureau, talked to Northern Kentucky. Um, So those resources that uh, sort of are in the tourism world, I I went to them and let them know what I was doing and so got some direction from them also. And are these things that you can still do or are they things maybe that you can just look at? Like the subway used to, it's probably the most, is the best known secret. And so when I first moved here, not a, lot, not a lot was known about it. And now everybody knows about the subway. But for example, is it things like that you can just kind of, you can just kind of look at, oh, this used to be here kind of thing? Or is it more like shops and restaurants and homestead, places like that, places you can actually visit? Places that you can actually visit. Okay. So I think just about everything in there. Um, There are a couple oddball places. I would say like the Ludlow Incinerator is a very strange place, but but hikers go to see it, and it's um, it's a pretty weird and strange place. Um, So that's sort of off Dubuque Park. Um, It's just very creepy. It it looks like it should be haunted. I don't think it is, but I mean it, it could be. So what, um, yeah, tell us about a little bit more about the Ludlow Incinerator. I, I didn't know this was a thing. Well, it, it really is just a shell of a place that used to be there. You can still see a smokestack and, and, and part of the building. It's been, it's, it's, it's covered in graffiti. It's got, one of the things on there is this giant eyeball. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> but, but it, it's on, the way you find it is, uh, Dubu Park has a number of hiking trails. This is on the trail called the Incinerator Trail. Oh. So, yeah. And uh, it's accessible. Um, I think it's off Montague is the, probably the most direct route. There's places like that. But then there's also uh, the Cincinnati Art Museum is part of it. And so there it's, it's more of, you know, what's a story at the Art Museum? I mean, obviously, oh. if you live in this area, you know about the Cincinnati Art Museum. But what, what is something about the art museum that maybe you wouldn't know? I was going to say, yeah, because we had those folks on, and uh, we learned a lot about things that they have and how the things that occur mm-hmm. in their collection. So I never thought of it that way. This is, so there's some well-known places in there, but ha- things you may not know about them. Right, right. So 
I think like um, like one of the more obscure things that that I found out about was connected to a place I did know about, and that is Baker Hunt. So oh. that's in Covington Community Resource, and they do a lot of art classes there. And and I think most people know about that. But what I was surprised to find out when I was talking to the director is that a um, a famous Cincinnati medium, uh, Laura Cooper Pruden, used to hold seances at Baker Hunt. And she held them with permission of the owner because she had lost her 15-year-old daughter um, and uh, several. It, it's a very tragic story. She lost one family member after another. But Laura, for like 15 years, held seances at Baker Hunt. Um, and I just thought, well, who would ever know that? But the story gets even more interesting because Laura's son is Albert Carter. Albert Carter is the guy who made the prototype of what became the Magic 8-Ball. Oh, wow. And, and, and she also invented, uh, she had something she created called a psychoslate, which as a medium performing a seance, it was this device that she, it would be hidden below the table and she would write on it or maybe, you know, the spirits wrote on it. I don't want to take any thunder away from Laura, but um, she created that. He came along and created what would become the Magic 8-Ball. But then it even got to be more interesting because they're both over at Spring Grove Cemetery. But if you go over there, you don't find him. You find her and her other son, but not him, but he's there. And I thought, well, why, why is he not Mark? And, and it was because he, he just, he didn't make any accommodation to have a stone. He was the last in his line. Oh. <laughs> and, and when he died, that was the end of it. And he died right before um, the patents came through for what was the Magic 8-Ball. That is wild. The only reason I know about Baker Hunt. Um, I thought that story was crazy. Yeah. And, and Houdini once called her out for being a fraud. Oh, yeah. That's another interesting part of, of her story. And there's, a, there's more detail in the book. but Sure. But I thought, how interesting that this was happening at Baker Hunt, which now is a community gathering place yeah. for art instruction. That is so wild. The only reason I know about Baker Hunt at all is my aforementioned daughter interned there when she was at NKU. That was one of her two internships. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I, I might have known the seance bit. I think she told us a little bit when we went to a, an open house there. They had some kind of event uh, that she was working and we went there. And I think I might have heard that. But yeah, it's a very old building, very historic and yeah, very interesting grounds. Wow, that is wild. And so speaking of NKU, let's go to over to there. What are the two secrets of NKU that people might not know about. I can't imagine what they might be. Okay, well, one is the fact that the um, there's an anthropology museum located on campus, and a lot of people just don't know about it. In fact, I want to say that if you can see this on the cover, this is a mask from that museum. So it's not the easiest place to get into. You, you have to you know, you, you have to go, obviously, when campus is open. Um, if, the, if the museum itself isn't open, see the uh, department head. But there's a lot of really neat things uh, contained in that museum. It's small, but that's one. And then there's also a, um, 
there's a log school sitting on the campus there as well. I have seen that. It's across from the library. Yeah. 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 Just past the arena. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can't yeah. remember, how did that wind up there? It was. It, it's kind of a weird story how that ended up being there. You know, I, I, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that <laughs> because I don't, it's not falling off the tip of my tongue it, right It's now. from another part of the state, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. but it's, but it's. Also a, um, I think they have a community garden there. So yeah. when you go, you see the community garden, there's the log cabin. And there was a lot of talk about getting it renovated to be able to use. Oh. Um, I don't know that anything has happened, especially because covid you know, I think when at the point I was, my book came out at the end of 18. And so I had talked to one of the professors who was involved in that. And I would guess that it's probably not gone anywhere just because of yeah. what's happening in the world. So Interesting. Yeah, NKU is kind of an interesting campus because you wouldn't think a campus that's made entirely of poured concrete could look as diverse mm-hmm. as it does. But it always reminds me of uh, a 70s science fiction film and what they thought the future was going to look like. But there's a lot of diversity in that campus. Uh, it's yeah. a good if you're look, if one of the people who needs to get your steps like my wife and my daughters do with their Fitbits. Yeah. It's a great place to walk around. It is it's really a beautiful campus. It, you know, and and I didn't think that when I was going there, and I didn't think it for a long time. But one of my first uh, stories that I did was ta- an interview with. Leon Booth, when he was, I think this was after he retired, he was the president of the school. He talked, of course, anytime you talk about NKU, the subject of all the concrete buildings, and, you know, that comes up. And he talked about his years there, walking around the campus, seeing how the light would play off the buildings from morning as it filtered, got lower during the day. And he said he grew to love it. So he thought it was one of the most beautiful places ever. So when I went back to school, I, you know, I thought of that and I would walk around. And I thought, you know, it really is a very beautiful place. And of course the landscaping was uh, much more mature at that point, yeah. but it, it, it really, I really did get to appreciate it in the way I did not the first time I ever saw it. I thought, Ooh, yeah, the last time we were there, speaking of kind of not secret things, but I know people kind of like this sort of uh, thing. They're going to tear down one of my daughter's old dorms because uh, when she was there, mm-hmm. it was in a lot of distress. And they were going to try to repair it. That it had steel, steel and concrete uh, staircases that went up to out these outside entrances. It looked like a Soviet apartment block. And they finally realized during COVID that they're going. I can't remember which which one it is, but she went back there. It's been closed for two years, and she went back. We went back to walk around the building, and the in the commons area of it, there was a sign that she had written when she was an RA that said "Welcome to" whatever the name of the dorm. And she goes, "It's still here. They never took it down." <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, that yeah, crazy. Little, little time capsule. Well, for for now, they're gonna they're gonna tear it down. Um, the other one I was gonna ask about, uh, and we mentioned this in the email, and it's right on the cover of the book, is the lucky cat who are neighbors of ours here at Cincy Shirts. They're right yeah. down, they're literally down the hall from us uh, in the Essex studios so in Clifton. Place. Yeah. And, and Misha has gone on a lot of, or not a lot, but a few uh, book presentations with me too. And she's brought this guy that you see on the cover. She has an even bigger one now that she's brought. And just talk about her collection, how it got started. It started in her house and took over the entire space she had then she moved it to her workshop where she is now 
Um, but my gosh, there are so many different of these figures there. I, it's in the thousands, I, I know. And she's still collecting. <laughs> yeah, and easy to find right in the heart of the city. Uh, I, whenever, I don't get to the warehouse much. Um, that's another another secret, folks. We're in that building. <laughs> People may or may not know. <laughs> but uh, whenever I go there, there's about once a week, there's someone outside the building going, we're looking for the Lucky oh, Cat Museum. <laughs> I know, I know. So she, they, they do the business. She might have to expand that. She, she, does she have any notion to do that? I mean, there's lots of space in that building. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe perhaps that would show up in the second edition. Ooh. Oh, there we go. A little teaser. I really I like that. Know. I'm throwing that, you know, cross our fingers. But I will say this. There are, um, I think I mentioned there are 89 secrets. Yes. They're divided around a majority in Cincinnati, but a lot over here in northern Kentucky as mm-hmm. well. Historical, free, outdoor. And I say that because it's it's a you don't have to spend a lot of money to do, you know, to go to these places. I mean, the art museum's free, yep. but there's also a lot of parks that are free. Um, so it's great for families. Um, and, and you do pick up a lot of history too. And I also, I'd like to show this. Uh, one of the things we did, we made this little bookmark. So it's like a checklist. Oh. So as you go from one secret to another, you just check off your. Oh, your how bookmark. handy. It's very handy. <laughs> you get a prize at the end. <laughs> but it, it, it's sort of like a prize. Well, now, when we did, uh, my husband does a lot of the, um, when we were doing the book uh, talks and all that, he took all the photos for the book. So one of the things we would do, because um, everybody always was sort of fascinated when we would talk about Laura, the famous Cincinnati medium, one of the things we did would give away um, the, the magic eight ball. So that always made it kind of fun too. And oh yeah. We talk about that secret then with the Albert Carter connection. And uh, Oh, and a, a secret, I don't know if it's in the book or it could be in the next book about the Essex studios. It's not really a thing you can go see necessarily. It's just a fun fact, I guess, is that mm. the green Jack for, for the big golf tournament they have down there in, uh, in Georgia, the masters. Augusta. Yeah. The Augusta is, is made in mm-hmm. Essex studios. The co- the company does it is. I didn't know that. That's a really cool fact. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the I think the guy that owns his family, the guy that owns it, they're they've been making it uh, ever since. And I, and I used to joke, oh, they they make a pretty good living making one jacket. And uh, of course, I'm <laughs> sure they do a, a lot more than that. So, what was the one surprise that really surprised you? There, you were like, wow, I had no idea this was here. I think it, one of them. I mean. There were a few, but one of them would be, I think, the Lloyd Library in downtown Cincinnati. And I've heard of that. And it's a place that not many people know about, actually, And but there's some neat things to see. Let me, I, mean, I, I want to show you something, so I'm going to actually pull that up. You can see this is sort of a, a cool thing. There's some neat botanical books that you can see in there. I knew nothing about the Lloyd Library. Um, somebody had sent it and said, oh, you should check this out. When I was talking to them, one of the fun stories was, is there is a beheading that took place that connected to Cincinnati, and it has to do with, and I want to get her name right, Elizabeth Blackwell, who created a curious herbal. It was a book from 1739, and it, it really is very beautiful. At that point, she she drew all of the um, images. She wrote about them. And the reason she did it was to raise money to get her husband out of jail, And which she did. But when he got out of jail, 
he took the money and he left her. But he winds up, he's sort of a, a, a scoundrel type, and he winds up getting in some trouble in Switzerland, and he winds up getting beheaded. So <clears throat> In Switzerland? The Swiss, do, the Swiss do that? <laughs> well, I guess they did then. Wow. I, I mean, they had it in them. I mean, it's a few centuries ago. Okay. Well. But again, I mean, those are the kind of things that I thought were so interesting. It's like, it wasn't just that I didn't know about the Lloyd Library. I didn't know about it. But then it had this story. And the day that my husband, John, and I visited, the, and this is a crazy uh, serendipitous sort of thing, the grandson of one of the founders, uh, John Yuri Lloyd, was there the same day, visiting. And I was there getting information about the book. He was there just to see, get, learn more about his grandfather. Hmm. So it's a great uh, research resource for Cincinnati, um, but you can go in and look around. And then if you're driving, if you get off at the Smith Edwards exit, going to Hyde Park, yeah. there's, there's now a uh, historic sign that gives information about him, John Murray Lloyd. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, where so the Lloyd Library is where downtown? So it's uh, 917 Plum Street. Okay. It's and, free, and here's a hot tip, because there, this seldom happens in downtown, free parking right behind. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so what do they specialize in? What? Why was the Lloyd Library started? It, it's the botany. Botany, okay. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of science. Oh, interesting. And, so you can go, if you're doing a particular research, you can go in, look at the books. So John Yuri, he was a pharmacist, so were his brothers. Ah, okay. Right. And so I want to say, what is that? I was hoping I could find very quickly the name of the exhibit that you see when you go in there. Well, one of his, the, the collection has 250,000 items, which is amazing. A lot of them rare. But again, that would be something more that researchers would be interested in. Yeah. But anybody can go in and just kind of see the exhibits, the books, you know, they have out. And they do have changing exhibits, too. Okay. Yeah, that is... Like I said, I've heard the name, but I didn't really know anything about it. Or what is, I know about the Mercantile Library down there on, I think, on 4th Street, but I didn't know about the Lloyd Library. That's and, in here, too. The oh, there you go. And weirdly, we have such a great main library that's one of the uh, best in the nation. So yeah. we're up to our navel in good libraries. Uh, yeah, same over here, yeah. I tell you, one uh, thing that I've been asked, um, because of the book, the book title, Secret Cincinnati, is I have another book that has the word secret in it. So I always get the questions like, why do you keep writing books with the word secret in the book? And it really was just happenstance again, but I brought that one to show too. Okay. Oh, Secret of the Bells. Yeah, I saw that on the website too. This is a novel. The other one's Uh, um, nonfiction, but, but this was a novel. And what I like to tell about this, this book... I don't, I don't know how many uh, people would know or be familiar with Anne Rutherford. So she's an old Hollywood actress who was in the movie Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so at the time when this book came out in 09, but, but a number of years before, I had stumbled on this museum in Marietta, Georgia, um, on, a, on a press trip. So it was a travel writer trip. And the museum was called 
the Gone with the Wind Museum Scarlet on the Square, and it had just opened. And so I, I wrote about that, and then it, it was such a fun place. I just I kept writing all these articles about it all the time, and then it then it became a book. And right around the time this came out, the museum was hosting the 70th anniversary. They called it a re a re premiere of Gone with the Wind. What what I found out early on writing about it is it the cast members, there were still cast members alive. Ann Rutherford was one. She was in all the Andy Hardy movies. Yeah, and we just lost Olivia de Havilland a couple of years ago. Yes, yes. And and Ann Rutherford, I want to say maybe around 2014 or 15. I mean, and and the guy who played, uh, they call him the the, the Bows, the, 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 Beau, the brothers Bow, they're still alive. So you have the three bows. Uh, that was Melanie Wilkes's son, um, and one was Nikki Coon, who was also in um, *A Streetcar Named Desire*. So it was just very interesting. It, I, I love the fact that where writing can take you. I mean, as you just never know day to day. And so from visiting to that first article, I wound up being at the premiere as a guest and having dinner with Ann Rutherford. And to this day, it blows my mind that I was there because, you know, I grew up loving Gone with the Wind, watching it. Yeah. You know, I'd been to the Margaret Mitchell house. Um, I know it's, it's um, fallen a little out of favor right now, but I mean, it still has its place in history. And that was really fun. It was fun writing the book. It was fun getting to know all the people connected to it. Just going to that re-premiere, was, it was a great time. So That's interesting. That, that's my mom's favorite book and movie, even though, right? uh, yeah, and even though, but eyes wide open. I mean, she came, she's French and she came to this country. She's fascinated with the American West and mm-hmm. with the, uh, and with the South, but not from a romanticized version that she got when she was a kid in France, maybe mm-hmm. when she, as soon as she got here, she realized, you know, the, you know, the, the kind of the things happened with, the, with the native Americans, with, you know, uh, slavery in the South and all that stuff. So it isn't like a, it's never a romanticized notion of America. And she's yeah. lived here longer than she's lived, of course, in France. But yeah, it's, um, mm. yeah, like you said, people have revisited that. I guess they showed it on HBO and I believe Whoopi Goldberg did a little preface to it and said, hey, this is still important. Uh, you just yeah. need to understand, if you don't, if you're not aware, you just need to under, because some of the young people might not know or might not realize that people realize, I guess. I don't know. But um, mm. so, so what is The Secrets of the Bells about? So the Secret of the Bells, the plot actually intersects with the 1939 premiere of Gone with the Wind. Oh, cool. In Atlanta. Oh, neat. So, yeah, so it was really fun because I, I love history, so I got into a lot of the history of that premiere. And, of course, I had become good friends with um, the collector of the Gone with the Wind, uh, Chris Sullivan. It was his collection that I mean, he's got everything. So um, I'd become friends with him. So he and I would talk and he was just sharing all these stories that he had heard. And at the time, I initially, I, I had no intention of writing a book, but I was in a, a critique writing group at the time and they were very hardcore. And it was when it was your turn to present, you either had something or you got booted out of the group. 
And uh, it was my turn was looming. I had nothing. I had no ideas because the idea I was working on was not working out. And I just sat back at my desk one day and I thought, oh, what do I know about? What can I write about? And I had been so immersed in these writing about that museum. And I thought, oh, I should, I should do something involving Gone with the Wind. I didn't know what it would be, but in the next couple of days, I wrote what became that book's prologue. And, it, and, and what I wrote then actually remained unchanged. Uh, was the, A year later, when the book was published, that was the prologue. Um, my, my critique group really liked it, and they let me stay in <laughs> of that, but they really were very hardcore. Hmm. And um, you knew if you showed up empty-handed that you would not be invited to remain. Oh. So that's really how that got kicked off. And I talked to uh, Chris Sullivan and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this book now. So, <laughs> you know, he became a resource. And I, I went back to, I was back and forth to the museum uh, probably half a dozen times looking at the collection, just trying to figure out what could be used as a secret. And I, I had a favorite character in Gone with the Wind who has a Kentucky connection. So that was uh, the character Belle Watling. Margaret Mitchell allegedly based her on a madam in Lexington named Belle Breezing. Oh. And yeah, yeah. I mean, all these crazy connections, you know, and her husband, John Marsh, Margaret Mitchell's, was from Kentucky. So um, just all these things just started coming together and the book came together and it was just in time for the 70th, re-premiere <laughs> so it was pretty fun and margaret mitchell one and done right yeah just yeah well i mean i think they published volumes of her family letters and yeah but her only like proper. but yeah for the most part that was that was her like harper life. lee yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah it's, it's strange how that happens some people have just the one story to tell and they tell it brilliantly and then that's it <laughs> yeah, and it's just i i think it, it was so huge i mean how how do you top yeah, it's true. And how do you top uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? I mean, I think she tried with Comes a Watchman, but I, I don't Yeah, I don't, Maybe it, she succeeded. And I guess it happens in music a lot, too. Uh, you know, people make a great album, and then people, then you got a fun people like, well, you're yeah. never going to top that. So, <laughs> that's yeah. so uh, did that, I'm looking on your website. So did that have any connection to the book Atlanta, Georgia, A Photographic Portrait? Did you guess, guess become a fan of that city? And uh, Um. Well, you know, the I spent a lot of time there, not just for Secrets of the Bell, but as a travel writer. So I, I had a lot of, I just, I don't know, I was always going into Georgia. In fact, my daughter once asked me if I, if I secretly was building a house in, <laughs> in Georgia <laughs> because I was there so much for work. Um, I wasn't building a house. I just loved Georgia. I had a lot of work there. So I was there quite a bit. And... When um, the publisher for the Atlanta book came along, I got a, a, just an email out of the blue saying, hey, would you be interested in doing this project? And the reason that they asked me is they thought I lived in Atlanta because oh. so many articles were popping up with my name when they were searching for someone to oh. write the Oh, there book. you go. How fun. Thank you, yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was it, it really pretty... 
Uh, you know, more like a coffee table book, lots of photos and all that. So I, yeah. I've got them too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we um we're big fans mm-hmm. of Atlanta. We went there uh, on spring break a couple of years ago because I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm sure you've yes. heard a lot of it filmed around Atlanta. <laughs> and so we went and the whole vacation was just going to the filming locations that they used yeah. in the show and had a fantastic time. We did ch- take in a concert. One of my daughter's uh, band that she had just gotten into happened to be playing at Underground Atlanta. They were the opener, opener, opener for the entire thing. So we only had to stay for them. Yeah. And we went down there and so I took her downtown to see the concert. We went and saw where the uh, Hawkins... Uh, junior high is which is actually an old boys school in suburban atlanta and it was yeah. oh it's just a blast and uh, we had so much fun and so many movies are filmed there yeah. um so um my daughter and i did the tour uh the walking dead tour and uh oh, we also right. intersected with uh film locations on the hunger games uh, okay yeah yeah so so and and we actually uh our guide taught us how to walk like <laughs> the people in walking dead it's like, huh. it's a, just a, a, a secret a talent of mine. <laughs> and then bringing it back home here, I noticed there's also the Encyclopedia of Northern Kentucky. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I had worked with, let's see, Phil Tancotti was the editor on that. Uh, I had the women in literature category. This is going back quite a ways uh, when that project came out. But it was really, and it was great fun to do. There's that. And so what kind of stuff is in it? Is it just like more of like a directory of things in? It's, it's everything Northern Kentucky. So if you need to look up, um, you know, like we have the, uh, the Ramage History Museum here, which is also in the Secret Cincinnati book. All right. So I'm not going to tell you too much about it. It's worth going. It's in Park Hills. So it was a, uh, it has a Civil War battery there. But uh, so if if you had a question about that, you would look it up in the Northern Kentucky Encyclopedia. Like women connected here, uh, the the women in literature, just anything. Uh, I'm sure the Beringer Crawford, the the guy who founded that originally would be in there. But um, it was, it was fun to do. And they divvied up those categories and that was that so we have a a, you have another volume coming out hopefully soon how how far along is that one for secrets for secrets of cincinnati okay so on secrets uh cincinnati i don't know when that will be but i do know of another one that's coming out before that and i was going to share that with you you will be the first to know a scoop a scoop on the cincy shirts podcast yeah, so it is. So there's going to be another Cincinnati-themed book. I, I can't tell you the name, but it, it'll, it will arrive fall of 2022. It's very interactive. So it sort of takes the idea behind Secret Cincinnati, you know, pairs it with a very interactive component. Component. There's prizes. There's, just, there's going to be all kinds of things connected to that that you can do and uh, you know, money that you can win. All of that. Oh, wow. But it will be a book, and, uh, you know, it'll have, uh, there'll be a lot of social going on. Um, but that comes out next year in the fall. I'll actually turn that book in. I'm working on it now, and I'll turn it in probably in March. 
Wow, that sounds really cool. And is the list for uh, the potential second volume of Secrets of Cincinnati, is it growing since you made the initial list or people found you and said, hey, did you know about this? Yeah, and I shared that with my publisher because I said I, you know, I started from 130, had to take it down to 89. I have added more. And I said... I, I've got enough here. Just, just give me the word, and I'm, I'm ready. I've got this. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and people dig this kind of thing. Are, do you have any? Are there any secrets over in Indiana? Is it like the entire tri-state, or is it just Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky? Or no, I don't. We didn't go as far. I think the furthest point north is uh, the Pyramid Hill Sculpture Park. Oh yeah. The furthest point south is um, Big Bone Lake State Park. Okay, and and what about east and west then? Since we covered north, what's the oh furthest east you go? Don't ask me that. Let me think. That would be um, like out toward Claremont County and Adams County, and, and I'm so bad with. And I know west. I think it it would probably be uh, the smallest Cincinnati park, the Triangle Park with Tecumseh standing up in it. Oh yeah, it yeah. Be west. Gosh, what would be east? Maybe um, I don't know. Is is Maramont East? Because yeah, little, yeah, East-ish. It's the first <laughs> suburb out of the or second suburb out of the city. My husband calls me Molly Map. If that gives you an idea of how yeah. good I am directionally, which not at all. Huh. And then I get lost when I leave my own driveway, and he's generally correct on that. But um, so there's a couple things out uh, Maramont way that is, in fact, yeah. East. Oh, I'm out this way. So, what kind of things? What kind of secrets are in my neighborhood here? I'm actually in Anderson. So, but um, okay. So you have the Carillon Bell Tower in Maramont. I don't know if you've been there, but you know Maramont is such a beautiful community. Uh, it's one of the first planned communities, planned by a woman. But it's got that Carillon Bell Tower there, and they still do concerts there. Oh yeah, I know where that's at. Um, so that and in the original uh, Big Boy Frisch's location out on uh, Rooster. The- uh, Pike, the mainliner, the mainliner, and you know now they've got they've got a museum in the Frisches, so you go eat and you can. Oh, I know they I knew they'd remodeled it because we drove by one day. Mm-hmm. And my wife goes, the yeah. sign has been the same for ages, but the actual building they've remodeled, and my wife goes, well, oh, it looks a lot different now since when we mm-hmm. moved here. And I'm like, yeah, didn't know yeah, there was the a museum. The outside still, I think the outside does that still have the, the um, airplane on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not connected to Lunkin Airport, but. You know, Big Boy himself joined me on several of my my book talks. Yeah, that's an interesting story. They've been on the show, uh, the Frisch's yeah. folks. Uh, yeah, Big Boy himself because he, he not Big Boy himself. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, I have to say it's it's pretty cool growing up here because I am a big fan of. Frisch's. Oh sure, yeah, it's an, that's an interesting story uh, in but itself. When you're doing a uh, book talk and Big Boy comes, yeah, I mean he does steal the thunder. Uh, well, I can imagine so. <laughs> um, I do want to mention, if we have a quick sec, yeah. that um, there, there are a couple of authors uh, who are also Reedy authors, Reedy Press, who publishes the Secret Cincinnati book. They also do uh, the uh, 100 uh, Things to uh, See Before You Die. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that is uh, Rick Pender's book. I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to mention in the outro after the interview, when I wrap up the show, I've been trying to get Rick on the show. Rick used to be my editor at City Beat, and he is really? ghosting me, and I'm calling him out right now. There's an APB out for oh. Rick Pender to email me, <laughs> well, podcast at cincyshirts.com. I'll let him know because yeah. he and Jeff Seuss, who wrote 
Cincinnati and Illustrated timeline. Yeah. Um, and my husband, John, because he's the photographer of Secret Cincinnati, are all three going to be together at the Cincinnati Museum Center on Saturday, July 24th from 10 to 1 p.m. Aha. Uh-huh. They'll be having their books and all that. I will uh, let Rick know that you're looking for him. Yeah. <laughs> he knows I'm looking for him. It isn't like I'm a stranger. I tweeted him and I emailed him. He knows perfectly well who I am. So, yeah, Rick, I, I know you're out there and I'm tracking you down, buddy. <laughs> you haven't known Rick for ages. He set this up and um, I think what a fun pairing because his book is yeah. wonderful. I mean, they, they go very nicely together and Jeff's book is beautiful. Um, that sounds really so, cool. I got to check that out. I love stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so I think it'll be fun. It's like everything you ever wanted or probably maybe didn't want to know, but you're going to find out anyway because it's all in these these books. Yeah. Well, it's it's good to know, especially if you like if you're like us, like uh, we you love this town. We like I write a lot of the blog posts for Cincy Shirts, and unfortunately, I don't get to do as many as I would like because um we have a lot of content that goes on the blog, the podcast for one. So I spend my time writing for our sister site instead, which covers the rest mm-hmm. of the country. And uh, yeah, I always try to find things that people don't know. Like one of the series we do is Seven Fun Facts, and we do it about Norwood. I think we did one about Marymount. And it's just fun to find out little things that people know these areas. Yeah, if you just like upset, go on the write Seven Fun Facts, since he shirts, it, the blog posts will come up. Unfortunately, they're not searchable from the actual front page of our website, which I find really mm-hmm. weird. I need to ask our website people about that. But in any case, uh, yeah, I like to find out interesting, and, and people like to read them because I look at the stats and they get hits. So, I mean, you're, you're doing God's work. <laughs> um, and this was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Like I said, I love this kind of stuff. Uh, the last order of business we have is, and I forgot to do this on last week's episode, so I wrote it down to uh, do it today. As the guest, you get to pick the coupon code that listeners can use at our website, uh, either of our websites, or in one of our physical stores in Over the Rhine and Hyde Park, and they can take 20% off uh, their purchases. So what would you like the coupon code to be for the next week until the next episode drops? I think it's going to have to be secret. Perfect. That's simple, uh, easy to remember for everybody. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you being uh, on the show, Kathy, taking the time, uh, folks. Well, thanks uh, we, for having me. Let me direct everybody to your website. It's just kathywit.com. Kathy's with a K, Wit with two Ts. There you have it. Uh, you can find all her books and stuff there, and she's going to help us track down Rick Pender and uh, and other <laughs> folks. And um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again when the next book comes out. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Kathy. Great fun. All thank right. You. Bye-bye. Catherine Witt, 
But when we were doing this episode, and I knew we were going to be talking about Secret Cincinnati, why the playout song immediately presented itself to me. Any chance to play OMD. A fun fact about this song, it was going to be the next single for Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark after their first top 40 hit ever, So In Love, which got to 26. And this was climbing the chart, got into the 60s, and then they released a movie called Pretty in Pink you may have heard of, and they had a song on that soundtrack. So the record label pulled Secret and told radio stations, don't play that song, play If You Leave instead, and well, you know how that went, but boy... Secrets is a much better tune. Highly recommended. Check it out. Okay, so if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, simply email us podcast at cincyshirts.com. Like I was telling Catherine, we're looking for Rick Pender. We have an APB out on him. If you know Rick, have him contact us immediately. Info at Cincy Shirts. Also, we're looking for anybody from the community of Norwood who would like to talk about Norwood past and present. I've tried contacting the city government multiple times to no avail. I think they think we're pulling their leg. But we have a Norwood collection, and even though we have some like tongue-in-cheek designs, we like Norwood. We really we're neighbors with Norwood, even though we have a store in Hyde Park. We're a couple of blocks away from Norwood. My family shops in Norwood all the time. We're not making fun. We really want to talk about Norwood. It's a great historic community. It's the gem of the highlands, you know? So if you know anyone from Norwood, please have them contact us. Info at CincyShirts.com. Same thing for Anderson Township. Boy, having a devil of a time trying to get someone on from Anderson Township, where I live. Again, Billy's from here. I've lived here for 25 years. We could talk about Anderson Township. We are not historians, though. Even though I know a lot, I think I need an actual historian. And uh, we, boy, again, had a devil of a time. We're looking for someone uh, like the fella from Green Township who was on an episode. Just go back and look. I can't remember... Uh, what episode number it was, but he's a high school historian, and he's a member of the Green Township Historical Society, and he was fantastic talking about Green Township. So Anderson Township, we can't let Green Township beat us now, can we? Also, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. As always, check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives, of course. And I can tell you that today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren, that our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia. Find their music on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your music. I guess it isn't really called iTunes anymore, is it? Although iTunes still exists. I guess it's Apple Music, technically. So let me restate that. Find their music on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your tunes. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more, wherever... Oh, gosh, up over 36 cities now at OldSchoolShirts.com. Like Cincy Shirts, uh, the same mix there of, you know, old malls, all defunct sports teams, restaurants, all the favorite places you remember from those towns. And again, the promo code, and again, the promo code for this episode is SECRET. That's singular, all uppercase, all lowercase, that part does not matter. You're going to use that to get 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com order or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can go to one of our stores, Hyde Park, Over the Rhine, and use that there as well. That includes... uh, print-on-demand shirts at Over the Rhine. Just tell me you want to use the podcast code SECRET, and they will hook you up. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest in T-Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
Deixa-se é culpar. 